Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to One for the Road, the podcast about running and the rest of your life. On this episode, we talk books, films, running in Edinburgh, park run, smear tests, giving blood, our favourite coffee spots, and how successful or unsuccessful our 2015 resolutions have been. So let's start with our normal starting point and talk about what we've been up to. What have I been up to? I have been working away. I done a little bit of running. Oh, I went to see Romeo and Juliet at the cinema, as in Romeo and Juliet, the Baz Luhrmann version, made in 1996. 1996? 1996. Can you believe? And it had, um, it's the one with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. They must look so young in it. Honestly, I can't get over how young they look in it. And it's really strange because I was very young when it came out. I was nine. Mm. I didn't see it at the cinema. Clearly, I was too young. And I don't think I actually saw it for a little while. Got it, but I had it on video. <laughs> or someone lent it to me on video. And I then was obsessed. Because I think we had to watch it for school as well. But watching it at the cinema, there was so much in it. Given that I had to study it at school, I still didn't appreciate the detail um, some of the stuff in it, all the way he links together the story and how the Shakespeare and the depth and, you know, I could get, I like, the people I went with were really into it as well, so we all got very excited about mm. how well he had adapted the story. But just the fact of when they get married, they look insanely young. <laughs> and it makes so much more sense now because watching it as a person who is now, so they were, Leonardo DiCaprio was 19, Claire Danes was 16, and if I was watching it when I was like 12, 13, You'd I'd be like, oh my God, I need to get married soon. I, well, I just remember thinking, I didn't, I didn't really like process kind of like the, the fact that they were young as well. Mm. I just was like, they are people older than me getting married and they are in love. <laughs> Isn't this? And I kind of was swept into the romance idea yeah. of it. But now watching it, being so much older and seeing how young they look, all I could see with like his shirt, his his jacket, like he puts on this like smart suit and it's far too big for him. And they're both just like so baby faced mm. and look far too young to be that in love and to be getting married within the 24 hours of meeting each other. <laughs> so like the whole ridiculousness of the story hit me a bit yeah. more. And I was like, this is, and it makes a lot more sense why it was just not a film that people, well, people are like who are our age at the time or, or you know, the age we are now yeah. at the time just would have, 
being like, I don't get this. Because it just doesn't, it doesn't have, it doesn't strike the same chords mm. as it did when I was like that age. Where did you see it? At the BFI. They're having, um, it's called oh, like love the love season. season, which actually they showed the trailer for some of the other things they're showing and it's really nice. It's a really good mix of things. It's called like the tagline, like, uh, to fall in love with or to break your heart too. And I was like, yeah, I like that. Are they showing love 3D? Mm, what is that? Like it's, it's a film the, called the, Love? Yeah, it's been out recently. It's oh. like French directed, uh, bordering on pornographic in 3D and apparently yeah oh no yeah what happens in 3D I think that happens in 3D <laughs> that's weird we've already booked to see the new Star Wars it's not even out yet that makes us sound like mega fans it does I, I've never even seen the others this is the first Star Wars I'm I ever definitely going to have see. seen them but I can't remember anything that happened no I watched V for Vendetta the other day oh yeah well on Halloween which um that's the other day. that kind of thing isn't yeah, it yeah which like, again I've been told is a, a film that I should have definitely watched that was quite good. Quite enjoyed it. Oh, sure. Yeah, because it's a bit like with, with books and stuff, isn't it? When everyone recommends, they're like, oh, this is an amazing classic. You know, you really should read it. You kind of, you don't because you hear so many things about yeah. it. And then when you get around to it, you're like, oh, actually, it, it is really good. Yeah, that's why everyone raves about that's it. That's why everyone says yeah, it's, it's really good. good. So running-wise, what have we went up to? Oh. Um, we did running sort of together last yeah. weekend. So we were in Yorkshire and we went to Sewerby Park Run. Hashtag my favourite park run in the world. Harry's favorite park run in the world. Because you run right by the sea. Yeah, it's I pretty nice. I don't think there's enough park runs. I'm sure there's loads that are like that, but that's the one I found. No, because even the one in Sheringham, you kind of see the sea, but it's kind of at a distance. Mm. This one, you run out along the coast and then back literally right along the cliff top. Yes. And then around a nice little hall and then a little bit traily at the end through some trees. A woodland. But my favourite, favourite bit was right at the end where you go down quite a steep slope through the trees. So you're just like, yay, I'm flying. And then you hit tarmac. And then yeah. you're like, yay, now I'm really flying. Yeah, that, that was good. good. Definitely the tarmac bit was the best. And it was very, very windy. And <laughs> couldn't really breathe. But it was fun. It's really nice. Yeah, the weather didn't really, wasn't really on our side. No, that was good. And then I went to Park Run again this morning. I went to my normal one, Mile mm. End. And I got a Mile End PB by four seconds. Which, um, awesome, considering I stopped to blow my nose halfway through. Oh, oh, <laughs> then you could have shaved a lot more seconds <laughs> off that. Um, my first lap, I abs- well, in my head, I absolutely You were flying. I was flying. I was really, I was actually putting quite a lot of effort in. I was like really heavy breathing and I was really making sure that I used the downhills to like recover. Nice. Well, you and know then, the route so you can. Yeah. And then the second lap, I was like, oh my God, this hurts. I was like, great. My stamina is now at about one and a half miles. <laughs> Good. Oh, okay. Bodes well for half marathon training. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, that was good. Um, and then my favourite run recently was... So last time we recorded, I was in Edinburgh, but I mm. hadn't done my run there yet. So on the Sunday morning, I did um, a running tour with Lucia, who um, will put her details up in the show notes. So she took me around the centre of Edinburgh. Um, it was absolutely pouring with rain, but it was still lovely. We yeah, went around the centre of Edinburgh, went up after the seat. Well, not all of it, because I kind of freaked out and didn't do the whole thing. But about half of it. Still got a view, huh? Yeah, some brilliant views. And Edinburgh is hilly. Mm. Like, really? yeah, it kind of... Oh, we don't want to do the marathon then. Oh, apparently the marathon starts up high mm. and just goes downhill. Like, oh. if the entire thing is, like, the elevation graph downhill is just down. 26 miles. Well, I think it's like down quite considerably in the first half, and then it's that you get to like the lowest level, and then you just run around the flat bits. Oh. But yeah, it's meant to be pretty fast. But 
yeah mm. kind of showed up with my lack of hill training <laughs> most of the hills we got to I just started walking like, <laughs> I'm not interested I was like I'm really sorry I'm not fit enough for this that's the beauty of kind of the tour structure you could kind of just run and walk a bit yeah and, and she was really me. good because she pointed out some really interesting like historical mm-hmm. sites and we went up to the castle and um yeah just like a few little back alleys and like interesting places so yeah that was nice such Def- a good way to see the city definitely saw some sites that i wouldn't have seen otherwise mm. so that was good we must do them in london yeah we should start one if they do not yeah <laughs> totally should do a london one although was she proper chatting away while running yeah yeah you gotta be like good at that you've got to be yeah which, be able to run quite fast. <laughs> which going on our discussions about being able to run and breathe at the same time, maybe neither of us would be that successful. No, actually, <laughs> being not. a because, running yeah, tour exactly, guide. Because uh, being the, the person on the tour, I just heard a nod. Mm, yes, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and didn't actually have to speak. So, yeah, at Parkrun this morning, my housemate Sam's um, ran one lap with me and then ran off. And afterwards said, I didn't know if you weren't talking because you couldn't talk or because you didn't want to talk to me. So I was just like, it's always because I can't talk. Not very good at running and talking. No. I'm very, very slow. I have to focus on breathing. Especially as there was hills involved. Mm. Talking whilst running up a hill. No. Difficult. (laughs) Very difficult. Been up to any running? Not really. Well, a bit. Not, nothing of note. Nothing of note. Very token. Although I, I had, I just had a small mini epiphany while chatting to your housemate. Yeah. Gosh, and I were discussing how, uh, how do we even get onto it? Oh, we were talking about how you need to with breathing and stuff, and how the first couple of miles it takes a bit to get into it, and often it's because your head is thinking about loads of stuff, um, and then it takes, and then you know, like you clock in into a long run, and then you have that feeling of like being able to go onto autopilot. Yes, because we were discussing how, like, running for three hours is a really long time mm. and how boring it can be. And I was saying, actually, I can I find it really good if I can find that kind of... I call it, like, autopilot, but I think it's just switch off. Yeah. And um, I realised... Well, we were talking about it, and it dawned on me that the reason I've been struggling so much is because I'm not, like, prioritising running. I'm just... Because I'm not training for anything, I'm just, make, like, just trying to go out for a run, but I'm not leaving enough time... And I'm not like, I'm doing too many things around it. To, mm. I'm just squeezing it in. And it means that while I'm running, all I'm thinking is I need to tick this off because I need to do the next thing on my list. And I'm never actually letting myself switch off. And that's why I'm not enjoying it because I'm hating my run because all I'm thinking is I need to get to the end of it because I need to do whatever I'm doing next. That's pretty much exactly what I said to her earlier. Which, yeah. But about when I was training, so I said... The reason I don't like marathon training is because you go out for like more than two hours and anything after two hours I just get really bored. I don't mm. get I don't get bored especially, but I've I want to get home to do all the things that I've been thinking mm. about. Mm. Yeah, you start to feel like you're gonna forget them. Yeah, so like I probably after two hours would have thought of like loads of things I want to write about or like I don't know, something I want to tidy or a yeah. book that I want to start reading. So I just wanna get home and do those things. I'm yeah. like, right, I'm bored of this now, I wanna move on to the next thing. I'm ready so to very do similar, like I just can't allow myself to spend that much time just yeah. doing running. And that's it. and I say it feels at the moment it almost feels indulgent, mm. which is a really strange thing to say about going for a run. It's totally why. It's totally why I haven't managed to do anything longer than seven miles in the last month, at least. So, I don't know. Maybe next weekend I'm going to purposefully put some time aside. Mm. Because I 
I faff quite a, a lot around the edges of running as well. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of need to leave enough time to yeah get your stuff on <laughs> and get it. ready and then also like have a sit down when you come home before you get in the shower. Yeah, and there's too many trying to do, you know, even it, when I was, you know, I'd have a packed weekend of, like there's so many weekends in the summer where I seem to be going to a wedding or <laughs> going to like a social event but needing to do a long run beforehand. Mm. But because I needed to do it, I, I like timed everything to the absolute nuance and wouldn't think twice about it. It was just like, that's what I'm doing. And I'd go and commit to it. And I, I enjoyed the time in the middle because the running, I suppose, is a bit where I didn't need to do anything except mm. run. And I haven't been doing that at all. I've just been trying to squeeze it in. And that is why I've been a complete mess. Ah, it's quite reassuring to have figured this out. This has been a productive <laughs> morning. Yeah. Productive given that I, I haven't done any running this morning. I've realised I need to spend more time committing time to it. Committing time. That will help me a lot, I think. Because mm. if I'm not going to put, you know, not going to put a race in, then that will be a good way. Maybe I can find a way without having to put a race in. Probably explains why I often am a bit of a serial racer. You know, you, you, you finish one race and then you start thinking, I'll book the next one because I think I need the motivation of training. But it's just that I haven't evaluated my use of my time i definitely am one of the people that need the racing to do the training because as much as i like to say oh it'll be really nice because i'll go out on a sunday and i'll go for a run and i don't have to worry about it i just don't just don't do it if i have a training race no. a race to train for no there's no pressure there non-running wise i did something exciting it's not at all exciting but i'm going to talk about it anyway so i went for my smear test on wednesday oh. yay how often are we supposed to have smear tests Every two years? I think it's every three years. Okay. So you get, you have to start going, well you don't have to start going. You're advised to start going from the age of 25. I go every year because at my very first smear test mm -hmm. I then had some abnormal cells found and then they had to be removed. So I now have to go every year to make sure they haven't come back. Mm -hmm. So I've had, even though I'm only I'm 28, not. I've probably had at least seven smear tests, I'd say. So I feel like I'm quite well placed to say that it's really not that bad. <laughs> no, it isn't. Obviously, getting naked from the waist down in front of a stranger and letting them put something up you isn't the most pleasant experience. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have pictured Harry's face though and like, cringed when I said this, they put something up you. <laughs> it's, it's the, because you get all those horrible flashbacks of all the times you've done it yourself and you're trying to block them. <laughs> So yeah, I'm not saying this just to like freak anyone out, but I'm yeah. saying it more well, because I, I just want to talk about it a bit to make sure that everyone actually goes for theirs because it's very important and I think I'm a, a good example of why mm -hmm. it's so important because I went as soon as I was 25 and they found abnormal cells and they just whipped them sort straight them out. out and now it's fine. Yeah, and, and now you don't have to worry. They could have also been completely fine, but then there is a small chance that they would have developed into something worse. So that's a good reason to get it sorted out. And it literally lasts less than a minute and it is quite uncomfortable. Doesn't it's not painful. It's just a bit. No, it's weird. just uncomfortable. It's just weird. And it's always that thing where they're like, relax, and you're like, yeah, but it's really hard to relax. I, it's right also now. quite hard to relax when it's quite cold. It's always so cold. <laughs> it's really cold. Always so cold. The room is like the room is cold. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the room's cold and it's cold outside, and I'm just taking my trousers off, and now you just put loads of really cold lube on me, and now everything's cold. And now a metal thing. Oh. Yeah. Oh, mine was plastic. Oh. Which I think makes it a little you bit more You know the pleasant. thing I absolutely hate, and this is such an overshare, but the bit when they like crank it open. Yes. The noise, like the kind of the, 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 the like feeling of that is just, oh, that gets me, that <laughs> is what gets me. The rest of it, I could always, like that, I don't even think twice about the, but the cranking of that machine 
It's like, oh, I feel like a like I'm being like a in a factory, being like <laughs> cranked <laughs> open. Yeah, <laughs> that makes Gross. it sound like it goes like really wide. It doesn't. It yeah, it's yeah. probably like in literally my, a few millimeters. Because you can't see in my head. It is like she's like prized open. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Um, and the other benefit is you can get your STI test done at the same time. So it's just like one. Can you? Do you just ask and they do them all in one go? Yeah. I asked. Yeah. I was I like, just just you. do everything whilst, whilst well, you're yeah. there. That's true, because then you've got it all over and done with. Yeah. Anyway, which is definitely And that's good. also a good thing to get checked regularly, even if you yeah. think you don't need to. It's just good to check. Don't you think it's like, as we've got older, people talk less about things like SDI tests? Yeah, because I think everyone assumes that when you're 18 and everyone goes out and goes crazy and has loads of sex with random people, then everyone gets loads of STIs. Yeah. And you suddenly become more sensible when you're older, which is <laughs> which clearly is not the case. Which isn't strictly the case. Yeah. I think I'm okay. <laughs> I've been with the same You're person for a very long okay. time. Yeah. Okay, so for people that aren't married, it's probably good to also have that done at the same time. I just got a letter, but could you call? Are you? I presume you could just call up and say I want to have a smear test. Yeah, I think I think you can. Yeah, if you're Not worried literally. about it, then you should just ask for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think mine was actually like eleven months this time because they sent me a letter saying it's due in December sometime, mm-hmm. and I said I'm just going to go now. <laughs> I'm sure I do. Mine, helpfully, is always around my birthday, which is really nice. Yeah. I normally get the letter on my birthday. <laughs> Thanks. Happy birthday! Okay, I picked up a leaflet whilst I was there. It <laughs> says, cervical screening is not a test for diagnosing cervical cancer. It is a test to check the health of the cervix, which is the lower part of the womb, often called the neck of the womb. Just Very good. a good thing to do. Oh, the other thing you should also do, if you don't mind things... I'm not going to finish that sentence. They're not in the same. (laughs) I I know what you're saying next and they're not in the same. (laughs) I was going to say, if you don't mind things being stuck in you. (laughs) I'm really sorry if you're not okay with this. But we're going to need to introduce a warning before this. Yeah, what's like the opposite, like not not an explicit warning, but a like... It is an explicit warning. It's not explicit. I'm not swearing. I'm just making you feel a bit like cringy. Yeah. Anyway, give blood also because I do that often. Yeah, but and if careful not... when you follow Melissa on Twitter, she will post pictures of the needle in her actual arm. Yeah, I will. Oh, just to remind everyone that you should do it, I or know. to make people faint. Either <laughs> is quite funny. <laughs> funny for you. <laughs> the, the funniest thing is when I posted it to Facebook, and then loads of people were commenting saying, "Oh my god, this has made me feel sick." Don't post that. It just makes it come up on even more people's timelines yeah, more true. often because the more it you viral. yeah, the more you comment on it, the more it appears. <laughs> Someone was like, "Every time I turn on Facebook, there's just a picture of a needle in your arm." But that is even less bad than a smear test. That's like absolutely fine. You just sit with a needle in your arm for ten minutes, and then you get loads of chocolate at the end. It's the, that's um, you know, I'm I'm a very squeamish person, particularly about needles, and um, it's the fact you have to sit there for so long with it in your arm. I'm very fearful that I'm going to get the urge to, like, rip it out, <laughs> you know? Like, just all of a sudden it's going to overcome me. Even if I think about it now, like... I'm pretty sure... If you like, can I'm see sure. me now, like, my hand is covering my face, I'm, like, slightly sweating, which I know is completely irrational. Oh, I, I get a little bit I'm sweaty like there, because it is a bit, like, weird. yeah. And it, well, yeah, it's not, you know. But they tape it down, like, on your wrist, on your arm, above your arm. Like, yeah. I probably for that reason. <laughs> yeah, probably for people who suddenly go a bit funny. Get it out. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, They could get it out quite quickly if you really wanted to, though. There's, like, a lot of stuff. There. And there's enough people around that you could yeah. be like, I'm not happy. Yeah. yeah. And they come and check that you're okay, like, quite often. But I, this is it. It's, it's so important. And I know people who've benefited from having blood, from people who've given mm. blood. And I always feel 
I feel so guilty about it, and I do need to just suck it up. And I will, I will. I'm just no, it's fine. Very... If, if you're going to faint whilst you go, maybe don't go. But if you're fine, then... then... I'll just faint and I'll deal with it. But you just, to be fair, I faint often enough. It's kind of like, just move me to one side, I'll be right. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. I, it's, I know the drill now. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about New Year's resolutions. So mine, at the beginning of this year, was to finish every book that I started, which mm. has gone terribly. <laughs> oh, I, no. I think as a result, I've actually read less than I have in the last two years because if I haven't liked a book in fact I got stuck pretty quickly on one book and I haven't finished it and I don't think I've start I haven't really started another one since apart from my recent shift into actual books rather than my Kindle. I've I've kind of come to the conclusion that that was the wrong thing to resolve to do and in fact I should just try and read more even if it means abandoning a book halfway through. Yeah see I'm quite well I'm quite wedded to the the idea that you're supposed to read it like you start it and you finish it but then I read that article the same one you did that says read you'll you know you should pick one up have a go and if you don't like it mm. stop and that's kind of blown my mind a little bit but now I've dressed out because there's like three books next to my bedside table that I'm halfway through I definitely couldn't keep a book in my house no, like I couldn't look at it knowing that I hadn't finished it it would make me feel weird it is annoying me but admittedly they're books that I, I think probably haven't gripped my attention enough because gripping books I devour, so I think it was just that they mm. weren't they weren't good enough. Yes, which kind of makes this but can point, you the point, doesn't it? Yeah, but then what do you do with them? They're so like, I'd loved. This article is just called How to Read More. It's mm. by someone that read... So it was written at the end of 2014 by someone that read 70-plus books last year. Mm. I mean... Yeah, it says, if you aren't enjoying yeah. a book or learning from it, stop reading it immediately. I think I read a lot, yeah, maybe like 2013 or 2012. Like, one year I decided to try and read the top 100 books. I didn't get through all of them, but I did get through a lot of them. Probably about 50. In a year? It still amazes me. That's like one a week. Okay, I didn't read one a week. I wish I'd kept better note of how many I actually read. I think that might be my New Year's resolution, to actually just write down everything that I read, so at least I can keep track track of it. Yeah, I don't like the feeling that I don't remember. Because that's the good thing about Kindle is that you kind of see it. Do you get, like, a visual? Also, I've moved everything into, like, read and unread, so I can see exactly mm. how many books I've read. Um, well, I, I suppose I could just count them on my shelf, but then a lot of them I got from the library, so I don't have them. Yeah, so you wouldn't remember. And I have a funny thing where we'll talk about a book or something with a friend or something, and I'll be like, I think I read that. Can't I remember what happened. It also says, throw your phone in the ocean, which, like, yeah, would really help. A lot of the time I sit and think... I could be reading right now. Mm, I do that too. Carry a book with you at all times. Yeah, that's a good advice. That's why I stopped. I started reading less actually because I got into running more, and I didn't. It was the running to work, carrying a book, or running home and things yeah. that started. And the wrong commute meant that I wasn't. Reading. I often carry a book to work with me, thinking I'll actually take a lunch break and read mm. this, and I never do. No, I always like the idea of doing that, and then never do. Have another book ready before you finish the one you're reading. I definitely do that. My Amazon list has got about 50 books on it yeah I'd like I need I in have, fact I've like been all over the place it's probably a bit overwhelming because there's so many that I want to read right now mm. maybe you need to prioritize them. yeah I think I need to clear it out and be like which of these do I actually yeah really maybe want to I'm read. pretty sure that he'd say that um go to bed one hour earlier I always want to do that and then I probably get into bed and fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then keep a reading log and share your favorite books with others reading log we could do this as like a sharing thing 
we could have a, like a, a dual one mm. where we're like I'm reading this I'm reading this that would be fun because then we'd it'd be a good way it's like having a book club but kind of not having the time pressure yeah. of being like now you need to talk about the book yeah because I have thought about joining a book club but I think I wouldn't I wouldn't like the pressure of having to finish it I think that would make reading less enjoyable yeah I did one with a friend with a group of friends for a while we kept it up for a couple of months it was hard in that we got onto a book that nobody really liked and that killed it a bit. Everyone was a bit like, oh. But we like I read Gone Girl through that mm. and that was really fun. And that was actually one of the books I really enjoyed having the book club for because we all got around and talked. We, everyone was so passionate about it. Yeah, that's there the was lots of, of topic of conversation. To yeah, mm. so that was a really good one. But yeah, the other the other couple we did weren't, weren't as strong. So it is about picking the right book when you're doing that because it's such a mixed group as well. I can't remember what my last year one was. I've got it written. Oh no, it was things like I was supposed to do yoga at least once a week. It was yoga, mindfulness, and no, I think they were the two because they, in underneath them, were things like being like recognizing that busy is just like a label, mm. understanding that mindfulness in terms of giving myself a bit of a break, not being so hard on myself, and thinking more carefully about what I say and what I do. And then yoga was to try and help all of those things, really, because I find mm-hmm. yoga is the way I calm and focus. And I have managed to keep up. The month, the weekly yoga is, is pretty much there, and mm-hmm. it's a habit now. So even if I miss my class that I go to, I do, I'll do something at home to just feel like I've done that. So I suppose I've achieved my kind of my year goals, which yeah, is good. good. So, yeah, I need to contemplate some for next year. Yeah, maybe we'll talk next time about what our ones for next year will be. So for the London series this week, we're going to talk about coffee. Mm. We love coffee. Yay, coffee's good. Although I don't really know anything about the technicalities of it. I just like a nice coffee shop. Not after, not not like our friends <laughs> who can talk for England about coffee and seem to know an awful lot about correct temperatures and milk and foam and things like that. Whereas I, yeah, I agree. It's more about the ambience. <laughs> Although I don't like a and face it. that makes every drink the same. Oh, no. Like it's not places that make milk. everything coffee and milk. This is coffee and milk. Yeah, like this is coffee and milk. coffee milk. Have you seen? But there is a place that does that, but they kind of make it into a thing. They're like, yeah, you pay. It's like the same price because, or it changes price depending on how much coffee you have. Uh-huh. Um, but they have a picture on the wall, and it's like the quantity of coffee to the quantity of milk, and then mm-hmm. the milk volume just changes based on what type of coffee you're having. Well, actually, yeah, I guess that's a pretty stupid thing to say because pretty much all coffee is just coffee and milk of some description, but that just serve exactly the same proportion of coffee and milk and call it different things. Yes. That annoys me. It's important. Uh, the denseness of foam is apparently very important. Remember? Okay, I like how I said that I'm not actually a coffee snob and I'm like, if someone c- serves me a heavy cappuccino, I'm very annoyed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, such we're, a coffee we're such co- <laughs> we're, talking of, we're like those people, we're like the Strava by King coffee kind of wank. Oh, no. I don't have a cycling cap yet, though, so... Oh, I do. <laughs> My I really want one. It's all out. That's um, practicality. Yeah, mine doesn't go under my cycling helmet. So the other day I actually thought, I really want a new helmet just so I can wear a cycling cap. <laughs> you could have, like, a summer helmet where you wear a cap. Yeah. Because mine's pretty good for winter because it's so close. Yeah, because it's much more close. No, no, like, air holes. Mm. Anyway, back to coffee. <laughs> um, my favourite coffee shop in London is yes. White Mulberries. 
which is on St Catherine Docks. Ooh, um, the Hinge. Just, just yes, just off Tower Hill. It won London's Best Coffee Shop 2014 in the Coffee Shop Awards. So it has amazing cakes, it has really good coffee, and it looks out over the marina at St Catherine Docks. So if it's a nice sunny day, you like don't even feel like you're in London. All the boats. Yeah, I love it. It reminds me of like the Riviera or something, it's so weird. It's very nice and yeah, just nice coffee too. Good. I think, I can never seem to be able to pin myself on one, I have two, but for different reasons. Um, So Monmouth is, I'm sure, a coffee coffee brand that people have heard of. Um, And the one in Borough is, I think one of the originals, it's not the original, Maltby Street, where they brew, where they have their coffee grind I think mm. is the original is the place they started but um it's a great place for picking up a quick coffee and being able to like walk around Borough Market with it like it opens so early in the morning it's great I my <laughs> Pete and I have like funny habits where things like when we're getting a train to like go out to the countryside or whatever or getting an early train we will go to Monmouth first because it's open so early it opens at like seven and it's always in with all the market traders at the start of the day. Oh, that's good. So it has quite a nice atmosphere. It always has a queue and everyone will moan about the queue. It moves quickly. Don't be deceived. And if you're buying coffee beans, which we frequently are, you can then order a coffee at the same time and you therefore skip the queue. Ooh. Inside tip. Which that's I probably shouldn't have told others about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, but it means you also get beans for home. And, but I do, because it's not, you can sit in there, but it's not, quite the same sort of place you'd lounge for like an afternoon mm. which I is for me where like that's a good coffee shop and um cafe viva in peckham is that place it does millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Delicious, like stews and amazing banana bread mm-hmm. and really nice coffee. And it has a, a lovely, cozy, kind of villagey atmosphere and I can quite happily sit there and work or read. That's all for this time. See you in a fortnight when we'll have more running and life chat. But for now you can find us on the internet at oftrpodcast.wordpress.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at oftrpodcast and if you want you can drop us an email on oftrpodcast at gmail.com.